Moses, and the Phillies have the National League Championship. They have beaten the Padres 4-3, and they celebrate on their home turf as the Phillies are the 2022 NL Welcome to the Philadelphia Phillies Memorial Day weekend muckabout. A festival of finger pointing and several intense rounds of the blame game await us with three more tragic bouts down in Atlanta this weekend. As America revs its engines for the summer, the Phillies appear as out of gas as ever, and that leaves it to the fans to give each other the finger as they drive by. From WHYY and Billy Penn, this is your Friday edition of Hitting Season, a Philadelphia Phillies podcast. My name is Justin Clue. I write for Baseball Prospectus, and with me is Liz Rocher of Yahoo Sports. Hello, Liz. Hello, Justin. Happy holiday weekend to you. Happy long holiday weekend to you as well, Elizabeth. It is a beautiful day in Philadelphia. The sunlight is sparkling off the Delaware. A holiday weekend is upon us. A stoic doe was spotted nosing through the foliage of Pennypack Park. I'm so jazzed for summer, I'm not even going to notice the pillar of dark smoke rising over (laughs) South Philadelphia today. (laughs) Please join me in saying that can only be good news. (laughs) I was at the grocery store a few nights ago, and as my husband and I were walking out, we saw the sun. I'm like, wow, the sun is beautiful. And he's like, it's bright orange. I'm going to guess that's from the wildfire smoke from New Jersey, Mm. because that is not natural. I'm like, no, the sun should not look like that. Ah, it's good art, though. It's good real it's life art. It's gorgeous art until you realize that uh, <laughs> until you realize that our planet is dying. <laughs> <laughs> not, Happy Friday! Not this weekend, <laughs> but, unfortunately. I mean, to Liz's point, it only takes a second glimpse to see the secret badness in everything. That Delaware River yeah. you love so much, Liz, thanks to the impact of climate change, it's going to rise a foot over the next 25 years, according to experts. Holiday weekend? More like four days of the Phillies getting dirt shoveled on them in Atlanta. And that deer I mentioned? Turns out it was thinking about that Matt Gelb column from today, <laughs> about how little production the <laughs> Phillies have gotten from the one and two spots in the batting order. So la-dee-da. Sometimes when you're standing in the right spot at City Hall on a windy day, you can hear the breeze funneling through the crevices, and it almost sounds like the The city itself is booing, but they certainly weren't booing in Atlanta last (laughs) night, where once again, an early hole and not quite enough offense, as well as a couple of letdowns on the mound and a weird play at the plate, led to the Phillies dropping game one of a seven-game gauntlet against the Braves and Mets. Did you catch any of that game last night, Liz? I wish I could say yes, but no. Uh, They were were down early, and I thought... Mm, do I want to uh, do I, I want to subject myself to this? Uh, and the, the answer was no. So uh, when they tied it up, the rule in my house, if you follow Twitter, I said recently, the rule in our house is that we don't interrupt to come back in progress. And so once, you know, they had scored five runs, we definitely weren't going to turn it on once they tied it up. Uh, so we were just sort of living vicariously through game day and whatnot. And it was it was. Uh, Thrilling and then massively miserable. <laughs> I liked the Phillies.com headline, which obviously, you know, this is going to be a propaganda source for the Phillies. There's always a positive little spin to put on. If the Phillies lose 13 yeah. to 1, they'll showcase the clip of, you know, uh, Alec Bohm hitting a sack fly that put them on the board. And the headlines <laughs> Alec Bohm gets Phillies on the board or something. Uh, and the headline for last night was Harper nearly quiets Atlanta. Yes! <laughs> Which was... I saw that. I'm like, what are we doing? 
Yeah. Ah, nuts. <laughs> that's that's pretty clear to see what happened. Like I I mean I write headlines for a living. I, I there's so many better ways to do that. <laughs> Without yeah. making the people reading feel like they want to jump off of a bridge. It was a back and forth contest last night. Really, until uh, Gregory Soto came in and the the Braves kind of pulled away there late in the game. It was a good back and forth competitive baseball game. And, you know, as, as yeah. much as the ending can feel inevitable in those early moments where the Phillies were, you know, giving it to the Braves as, as they were getting it, it was at least comforting to see that they could hang with one of the best teams in the National League before inevitably losing their grip and falling into the abyss. <laughs> uh, but... Before we get to that, I uh, wanted to start uh, with a fun little topic. A uh, friend, uh, friend of ours, Matt Albertson of the Philadelphia Sabre community, the Connie Mack chapter of the Society, Ameri- uh, Society for American Baseball Research, uh, has a project he's been working on that uh, Liz and I have been enjoying very much that was updated yesterday. It is a catalog of Phillies fan groups uh, where he, he is putting on his, on his own website. Uh, what is the uh, address, Liz, for our listeners? It is mattalbertson.net. At mattalbertson.net, you can see this collection of Phillies fan groups throughout the years, and there are just some real winners here, and some you may not have even known have even existed. This is a practice that, you know, in my mind, kind of went away after, like, the uh, Howard's Homers era. Didn't really feel like there was a whole lot after that. It feels like it was very common back in the day. Vicente Padilla had a fan group, Padilla Flotilla. <laughs> Here at, at uh, in Philadelphia, so you didn't have to be the best, you know, for you for people to get excited about you. Uh, so I, when you sent this link to me, I did. I wanted to mention it here up front because it's a lot of fun and it's very funny. And Matt is very informed and a uh, historian of Philadelphia baseball, so he has a, a very informative preamble before leading us into uh, what he updated last night, which was Jeans Jeans from last year, Gene Segura's fan group. Where people dressed, I assume, in denim. Uh, (laughs) uh, Harper's Heroes, uh, which was a collection of people in superhero garb. For reasons Uh, passing understanding. (laughs) Why? The the knapsacks, which... Which I love. But what's incredible is the picture that's used. So, a knapsack is a backpack. But Mm -hmm. these guys have translated knapsack into burlap sack. Yes. And so they just all have burlap sacks over their heads and they have them split so their arms come out and they have a hole, just a small, small hole for their face. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen because knapsack is a normal thing to say and hear and understand what it is, right? Are are you trying to suggest that these men maybe... Did, like took burlap, <laughs> used burlap sacks as book bags and took them to school? I'm... You have some kind of problem with that, Liz? I have a friend who took a briefcase to school every day in high school. Was he popular? What do you think? But still, <laughs> there are alternatives available, and some people make use of them. Listen, I'm concerned about their mental health, really. Um, <laughs> from 2021, hopefully these guys have moved on. <laughs> or they're, they're <laughs> off saving the universe, as the Avengers should be. Or they're sitting in their homes inside their walk-in closets wearing the burlap sack and crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are Phillies fans. Uh, yeah, there's there's a couple of winners here. Ruppies Puppies for Cameron Rupp, referencing referencing the uh, all the work he did with the SPCA, well, he, PSPCA, while well, he was here. Um, cliffhangers for Cliff Lee, Vance Worley's Greek Warriors. Which that was an I interesting one. I <laughs> don't know how I missed this one. 
<laughs> back in 2011. But uh, my favorite thing here is there's several 2011 groups. And then we skip right up to 2016. <laughs> there is nothing between 2011 and 2016 that inspired anyone to make a fan group. I mean, by 2016, it was just because, you know, everyone's brains were dead. And it was like, well, we're going out of the ballpark. We might we might as well have fun, even though the team is not going to be fun to watch. We we can have our own fun. I, I like Stute's Fruits. You and, one, of, one of our, you and I's first things we bonded over yeah. was Michael Stutes and his hair. Yes. Former Phillies reliever, Michael Stutes. And uh, yeah, that, he got, apparently, I was not aware, he had a small fan group of people dressed in fruit costumes called Stutes, Stutes Fruits. Fruits. Doc's Patience, I remember. Yeah. Uh, when when uh, they would hit a home run or Doc would get a, a strikeout, they would turn to each other and do like a defibrillator move on each other's <laughs> That's That's quality. Ba- Paul Baco had one called Baco's Tacos. No, I refuse to believe. I really like Ors Ors for Pete Or. I lo- that's a good one. I don't and because why? It, yep. The only reason you make a fan group for some of these guys, uh, like, it is because they um they have names that lend themselves. Yes, names or like, nicknames, and that's that's it. Like for instance, 2006's The Coast Guard for Chris Coast. <laughs> Excellent work. That's that's perfect. No notes. <laughs> All right. The Polanco heads. We need to talk about this. Placido Polanco famously had a large head. I'm confused as to why they wouldn't have called them Polanco's pumpkin heads instead of mm. Polanco heads. But you can be sure that they are wearing, or some of them are wearing very frightening, giant round <laughs> Phillies heads with enormous gaping mouths with teeth. Oh, poor, poor Polly. <laughs> we lo- listen. We, I mean, all all Polanco does is hit is one thing that we all tweeted multiple yep. times. Well, for a while, that that is all he did. That, that is, is all he yeah. did was hit balls, which was excellent. Oh, Polly, did you brush your teeth tonight? No, no, sorry, I knocked in two runs with a single to right instead. All I do is hit. It was just how we spent that summer. It was magical. I refuse uh, to believe that Kendricks Hendricks is a thing. Yeah, that one was like, boy, um, coolness levels uh, for the thing you're comparing him to and what he is. We're pretty far apart on that one, I would say. Again, this is just a rhyming thing. These people do not (laughs) care or like (laughs) Kyle Kendrick because why or how could they? Um, They have their poster. Their posters, Kendrick's Hendricks, is literally just magic marker on some taped together poster board. It's it's fabulous. Look, Liz, sometimes you get uh, a banner professionally painted or a professionally printed. Uh, you have an idea. You talk about it over the grill, over the over the fire, over the cooler uh, when you're down at the beach. And then finally the day comes, you and your friends pull it off after some organization. And sometimes you just bring some poster board or you just find it on the subway and you just kind of scrawl something on a sign on your way to the game. It's it's one or the other. You know, it, it's 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 how these things happen. It's organic. It's it's in the moment. And you got to just enjoy it. And I, 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 for one, consider Sal's pals an all timer. Oh, God. Sim- yeah. Simple, uh, to the point, great rhyme. They all rocked the mustache. I think Sal Fasano played part of one season here. Instant favorite. Uh, he, uh, um, if I remember correctly, he bought them all pizzas because he was so touched by them focusing on him and rooting for him. Man, 
Self Sano is great. <laughs> Why not? I mean, God bless him. That's excellent to, for him to get into it and be like, this is genuinely cool. Thank you for paying attention. <laughs> uh, and yeah. And, and uh, just to close the loop on this, Albertson goes way far back. Oh, like, man. He goes yeah. Far back. And there's picture evidence for like a lot of these different groups, some from the paper, some from uh, user submitted photographs. But he goes back to Brandon Duckworth, uh, Marlon Anderson, you know, early aughts and, and beyond. And, Joe and further Roa. Back. From 2002, row a boat. Yep. Yeah, he actually even goes back to 1895 for for one of them. So it's this is pretty. It's a well covered topic by Matt, and this is well worth your read at mattalbertson.net. Check it out. Uh, it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of good memories, and, and in some cases, things you had no idea had happened. Uh, like for instance, J Rose Bros. At one point, we were calling him J Row instead of J Roll. Did oh. not know that. <laughs> but, hey, whatever. I don't works. think I don't think we actually. No one ever called him that. I think they <laughs> just wanted to do J Rose Bros. <laughs> the, by the way, the first modern day um, fan group was Allen's Alley for Dick Allen. There you go. Which is incredible. Uh, yeah, I, considering. I really want to find the, I want to find like an article or whatever else, you know, he has for evidence. Because I'm just, I very much want to read about that. Yeah, considering Allen's history with this city and how he was treated here, it is, it is uh, seemingly ironic that he is the first modern fan group uh, listed there. But, but yeah, really a lot of fun and worth reminiscing about when you don't want to think about things like what last night's yesterday? game against the Braves. So, anyway, <laughs> let's dive in. <laughs> well, I'm just going to start listing things that happened. Bryce Harper, game-tying home run. And a rally-sparking bunt with a, a single with two outs. A weird play at the plate kept the Phillies from taking the lead at one point. Alec Bohm, by the way, uh, he came up with the bases loaded. Uh, right now, as we talked about last week, that's exactly who you want coming up with the bases loaded right now. He's the Phillies' best hitter with runners in scoring position. Oh, yeah. He's also had more opportunities based on where he hits in the lineup with runners in scoring position. But but he is. He, he has been the Phillies' best runners in scoring position hitter this year. Um, and then he batted it into the ground, and it was one of the least natural double plays I have ever seen that brought that rally to an anticlimactic end. Uh, at which uh, the uh, Austin Riley fielded the ball at third base, tagged third, then threw the ball home, where Castellanos had to be tugged by the catcher because it was no longer a force out. And there was some debate there over whether or not Castellanos should have slid. I don't know. It was uh, it was just a strange thing to look at, and certainly not the ending to that inning that you were hoping to see. Oh. Uh, so... Yeah, that was kind of a key moment in that 8-5 to five loss. Evil Greg, Greg Soto showed up yesterday, leaving the Braves, <laughs> letting the Braves run away with the game late after Aaron Nola left. Uh, you'd think the Phillies would recognize him with his sinister goatee and the fact that he keeps snarling about the good Gregory Soto being a naive, benevolent fool, but... Uh, they might have yeah, also yeah. been able to tell from the sucking. <laughs> and then there was Aaron Nola. Austin Riley versus Aaron Nola specifically. We did an Aaron Nola only episode a couple weeks back. If you haven't listened to it, go ahead and listen to it. Everything said in that episode is still pretty apt. Uh, Frustrating pitcher. 
Good pitcher, frustrating pitcher. Yep. Uh, Austin Riley, specifically of the Braves, has five homers off Nola in his career. He hit one of them yesterday. Just one of those things, Riley called it. Yeah, it's um, could you just try some other things though? Maybe <laughs> one of the. I don't like this thing. Let's try a different thing. One of those things. Nola's 4.59 ERA is his worst ever through his first 11 starts. Everything he threw over the plate yesterday was hit hard. He did pitch his way out of an early threat. I have to say, uh, I believe he got, I believe he got three strikeouts when he needed them to escape a jam. But in general, it was the same hittable Aaron Nola who hasn't been pitching like an ace all year. And all those things together—that's how you lose a ball game, folks. Phillies went back and forth a little bit. It was five-five. Uh, and then the Braves pulled away uh, during the rally off Greg Soto to make it 8-5. And they started their four-game set in Atlanta with a loss. And heck, it could be the first of four straight L's in Atlanta. Who knows? Taiwan Walker's pitching today. He's no. an agent of chaos. How much are you looking forward to seeing if his latest round of adjustments have made it so he can pitch into the second or <gasps> even the th- third inning? I've got a lot of alcohol available this evening. <laughs> That's how I'm going to be getting through the Taiwan Walker start. I got nothing else. Like, Let me ask you this. There's a chance, like, if the game starts going south, I will definitely, will definitely be switching on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Let me ask you this. Of the Phillies starters right now, who I guess we could say Zach Wheeler, Aaron Ola, Taiwan Walker, um, Matt Strom, I suppose. Dylan, Dylan Covey is getting starter talk after his long relief appearance the other day. Um, Ranger Suarez, obviously. Who, when you're going to sit down and watch a Phillies game and you're like, oh, I wonder who's starting tonight, whose name affects you the the worst right now when you find out, oh, that's who's pitching tonight? Probably Ranger Suarez. <laughs> mm, that's say. unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, Ranger Suarez. Next after that, it's, um, gosh, probably Nola. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be Nola because the Nola start comes with Aaron Nola pitching and then it comes with the Aaron Nola discourse during the game and then after the game where everyone claims, well, good thing we didn't lock him up or, you know, he he's I've always thought he was a number three pitcher or at best or stuff. You know, you get all these 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 professional scouts just come out of the woodwork mm-hmm. with all this information that, gosh, that would have been nice to know before. Uh, yeah, I think I still, you know, he's, he is struggling. His velocity's yeah. been down this year. He's throwing the ball over the plate. Batters are finding it with ease. He's just not having a good year. He's not. And, and like I said, ERA wise, he's having his worst year ever through the first 11 games of the season. So I got to go with Nola Wheeler is, it feels, you know, again, it's a little touch and go with Wheeler too. And that's, that's a different kind of feeling because you want Wheeler to be the stopper. You want him to be in control. You want him to go out there and be like all those other starts, you know, before and after today, we don't have to think about that right now. The number one starter is going to take care of business today and at least give his offense the opportunity to win the game. Uh, But then when he gets wobbly, it's just like, boy, I hate this feeling. I hate this feeling of who do we rely on? Like who, 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 who's here to stop the bleeding? And the answer, yeah, other than those five or six really good starts in a row, the Phillies got a week back there really hasn't been anybody that you're like, oh, good, they're pitching today because nobody's really come through. You look at the pitchers they let go and the ones they chose to keep from last (laughs) year, 
Oh, no. And are we going to do this? Yeah, <laughs> we're going to do this. I'm sorry. Uh, we are going to do uh, this. Okay, okay. okay I didn't understand why that. Listen, I did not want to see Kyle Gibson again because uh, he bothers me a lot. But <laughs> he had. I felt he had a lot of potential. I thought it might have been worth hanging on to him. I didn't think Zach um, Eflin was going to come back no matter what. But now is like he now that um, now that not a I've just forgotten the name now that he's uh, Gibson. Now that Kyle Gibson is in Baltimore, he's like throwing like a number one starter. Maybe that wouldn't have happened in Philly, but it's hard to overlook that because he's been good all season long. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So in 2022, Kyle Gibson had a 6.01 ERA in the second half. I won't hold it against the Phillies for oh, believing no. that they could move on, but you're absolutely right. He's not just like, oh, change of scenery, having a good time in Baltimore. He's absolutely been dominating. He's, he's, <laughs> le- he's absolutely legit. He's legit. And it's frustrating to see the Phillies let go. Now, are you like are you, are you suggesting that this is on the Phillies because they should have they should have seen the potential for him to pitch like this and they just like went in the wrong direction, letting him go? Or, or are you saying it's just frustrating because this has happened and it's not necessarily anyone's fault? It's a little of both. I mean, I I really did not. <laughs> this is not me going back and editing what I did think. Uh, I genuinely was wondering why they decided to get rid of both you know let both Eflin and Gibson go considering the quality of who is out on the market that they would be able to afford and the way that my, many teams are struggling to build out rotations uh and, and not I don't yes. I just mean like just just to have five starters you can rely on is I feel pretty uncommon I feel like the back end of some rotations kind of fade into these more fluid situations where it's like well we got this guy we're gonna go with an opener uh we're gonna pull this guy up from the I mean the Braves are struggling to put together a a a solid rotation right now that's their big weakness at the moment Dylan Dodd started for the Braves yesterday I believe I saw a report that said he has an ERA over six in the minor leagues I mean when Harper hit that home run, right before he hit it, I was thinking, well, uh, Bryce should at least be yes. absolutely eating this guy alive because you put Bryce in the minor leagues and he kills all the pitching. You bring the minor leagues to Bryce, he should probably be killing that pitching, and then he killed that pitching uh, and tied the game 5-5 at that time. So, yeah, th- this is this is a struggle, I think, for most teams. And I don't know. I mean, I guess we got to give credit to the Orioles for picking up Gibson, yeah. but I mostly think what they were doing was trying to save money, not oh, God, signing yeah. a high-end free agent. So, yeah, they you know, were... they were definitely keeping that in mind, too. Anything, but... it, like, except for the prospects they've brought up, pretty much everything that has happened to the Orioles when it comes to free agent signings and whatnot, none of it has been actually planned. Like, they did not get Kyle Gibson because, you're right, they didn't get him because they thought he could pitch like this. He was cheap. Because he had a six point whatever ERA the second half last year, um, so my frustration is really, I, I yeah, I really don't know why they felt like they needed to divest of both of those guys when it would have been easy for them to keep one. You they could have just I... kept one guy and saved themselves a headache, spent a little bit more than they were gonna when they were already gonna go over the luxury tax. This isn't like the year before where everyone was like, mm, I don't know, like they they're going over. Like why not just do it? You see what Adam Frazier's been doing as no. well? 
boy, the Orioles just hit on both these two. They made these two kind of like low level, low profile free agent signings that everyone was like, oh, come on, like go for it. Open the wallet. You guys had promise last year. You could be really good this year. You got this great young core. You got more young talent waiting in the minors to come up. They're having a press conference today at 445. No one knows what it's about, but it's exciting because it's the Orioles and it's probably not bad news. So, you know, that's what's going on with them. And everyone was kind of like Adam Frazier, really. Well, Adam Frazier's crushing it. In getting their lucky. For they are right just now. getting lucky. The Orioles, <laughs> damn, I'm just going to say that. They are, it's, it's really unfortunate because they have two of the worst guys in baseball running stuff over there. Mike Elias and Sig Medjall. I I'm not a fan of either of them and how they run things. Uh, and the Orioles are turning into that type of Astros organization, only they're not doing it as well. But everyone thinks they are because they're getting really lucky. Oh, but what about John Angelos? He seems pretty cool. <laughs> uh, we're also <laughs> waiting for him to open up the books like he promised, like an idiot. I well, think Rob wanna, Manfred you... was on the phone to him right after. Like, I don't know what you think you're doing, but that is not happening. Well, why do you want to see him, Liz? Why are these reporters just obsessed with my books? Like, they're my books. You can't see them. Why are you obsessed with them? Why is it so important where my, a billionaire, money goes? You know, it's not like I'm up to anything. Why it's would not... I hide... Why would I hide anything in my books? You can't see them, but why would I hide anything in there? It's not like me and my brother and my mother were suing each other <laughs> last year over like control of the company and the team. And part of the issue was whether or not the team was going to get moved. I I know it was like the one son and the mom against the other one. Yep. I'm pretty sure it was the dynamic, but I still think of it as the three Spider-Man meme. But <laughs> yes. family Honestly, members suing each other. It really is that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really what it is. Uh, well, just to <laughs> close the loop on Kyle Gibson, the tweet that, that popped him back into my head was yesterday from uh, Orioles beat writer Nathan Ruiz, who said that Kyle Gibson has pitched against the Red Sox, Rays, Blue Jays, and Yankees this year. Keep in mind, in the AL East, there's not a team you really want to face. Nope. All five of these teams are capable of destroying you. Greatly annoying. Um, so the fact that Kyle Gibson's even facing those four teams uh, this year, well, I guess he's not facing them more based on how the schedule's laid out, but still that he had to, he has faced them already. He has a 2.52 ERA in his four starts against those four teams, averaging more than six innings in all of them. Boy, the Phillies sure could use a guy who could pitch like that. <laughs> they'd seen both. They'd seen both him and Eflin pitch insanely well over their time here. And it's frustrating. It was frustrating to me then, and I'm pretty sure I said it on the podcast, and it's frustrating to me now because now we see what happens when you think you can just rebuild what you're losing. You can't always just fill in the gaps. Sometimes what you have is worth keeping. I mean, to the Phillies' credit, they put together a team that went to the World Series, and Dave Dombrowski is one of the best at what he does. So putting trust in them, I know. Don't get me wrong. This isn't me saying, I told you so. I applauded when Kyle Gibson was gone and thought, great, we can fill that spot with someone better. I was one of those fools of which you speak, Liz. And, And now we're at this part of the process where it's like, oh, right. That's a lot harder than just, you know, playing a video game and dragging a name over into this column after this name has gone over to this column. No, no, it's 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 a lot harder than that. There's a lot more X factors in play here. Uh, I do want to make I it think... clear that I'm not better than you. I also was happy that he was gone, but I was confused <laughs> as to why they got rid of both him and Eflin yeah. when they could well, have I... retained one of them. 
I think why. Eflin confused people more so, uh, certainly more than Gibson. Eflin remained a conversation after he left and signed the biggest free agent deal in Tampa Bay Rays history. Uh, that became a yes. I think there were some people who were sad to see him go, just just in general. Uh, and he he was one of the few young pitchers who did figure it out here. We went yeah. through a huge generation of of young pitchers who just couldn't get it together, and Eflin finally did, and he was a key player on that 2022 team. So that was, yeah, that, that I think led to some uh, reluctance among the fans to see Eflin go. And, you know, he's had some, a little bit of health issues this year, but he's also pitching well for Tampa. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like talking about, the, oh, when guys leave here, they're better. And when they come here, they're bad. I mean, again, I feel like people forget a lot. I'm not saying that. Good... <laughs> no, no. No, no. I'm not saying you. I'm saying in general, people in and outside <laughs> of Philly's fandom don't really get how good it is <laughs> to win the National League pennant. It's very good. It is very good. It, <laughs> the Phillies did it. It, it. it happened. It's good. There's there's um, a flag. Uh, but however, yeah, that's that flag's doing little more than flapping over a mediocre at best team Whoa. down in South Philly right now. Uh, they are, of course, in Atlanta, so it's an empty stadium. Uh, Bryce Harper said after yesterday's 8-5 to loss to the Braves, We'll never think as a team, we can't beat these guys or anything like that. We've got to go out there and play our game and understand the Braves are a really good team. We're a really good team as well. Last week, Trey Turner said, we have the talent, we have the mentality. It's just a matter of actually doing it. Stop talking about it and start doing it. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've been talking, talking, talking the first 40 games. It's time to play better. The week before that, Turner said, just got to play better, man. Okay. Rob Thompson said earlier this month, we just have to keep playing better, preparing better, executing better. I have full faith in all of them. We have to do a better job. After the Phillies started 20 and 23, Dave Dombrowski was quoted as saying, I thought we would play better. CBS Sports published a story. Four things the Phillies need to get on track. Finally, I said, some answers. The story goes on to say that to be better, the Phillies need Trey Turner to be better. They need their starters to be better. They need to be better in the clutch, and they need to play games better against divisional opponents. So just better. They need to be a better ball team, and then they'll be a better ball team. The way to do that, Liz? Well, it's to get better. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're more or less standing in front of a wall here. Uh, Like, where where are we at? What are we doing? Like, yes, the team has to be better. When's when's that going to happen? Well, what else can they say? Because there are, that's the thing. You know, we got to prepare better. We got to whatever. Like, they're already doing all of that. It's not like they just, it's not like they only start trying when they suck and they don't know how to do it, you know, at any other time. But it's, they just keep saying the same thing because there's nothing else to say. What are they going to say? They're going to like, you know, I've been, sometimes they, they get into details. It's like, you know, I've been. I haven't been able to stay off the fastball, you know, up in the zone. I keep swinging at stuff by my neck. You know, some of the stuff that they would say is stuff that they don't want to say because then you're just giving information away as if other teams don't have video rooms and staffs that will also notice what you're doing wrong. But like, they can't say anything else. They're already doing everything they can do. They tell themselves every day, do better, play better. How to do that, no one knows. Like, the like only to, people like who might all. even know is them. And, you know, the people they're working with when they go granular on everything. But they're not going to tell us that. 
So we just all have to be confident that they're doing everything they can as we hit our heads against our desks, listen to the same words in like the 28th different permutation. Sorry, I was thinking about a guy swinging at a pitch, not necessarily the same height as his neck, but like literally at his own neck and what that would look like and how I've probably seen that happen to a Phillies batter over the last 10 years. Um, yeah, I like to imagine them all standing in front of like 25 individual bathroom sinks, pointing at themselves in the mirror saying, like, just better, just be better, get better. What are you doing? Or there are three uh, bathroom and, sinks and they're all taking turns. There's like a line. <laughs> right. There's a line going in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, you're right. What else are they going to say? But I mean, that's kind of my point, I guess, that like they've been saying it and it's indicative of like, yeah, I think we're all in the same kind of mindset here that like this team isn't a bunch of guys who have to. Well, they have to prove that they are who we think they are. But also last year, they proved even Trey Turner last year playing for a different team and being good for that team proved that they can be the kind of team we're looking for. And I know some people want to want that to be a, a, last year to be a little more anomalous. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Of course, it all depends on what happens this season. We can't really conclude, like all the people out there concluding that last year was just lucky. This team is average at best. I mean, we'll see. It's certainly on the table, but uh, I'm just not ready to full on believe that yet. It's still technically not Memorial Day. And as I wrote for Baseball Prospectus this week, Memorial Day is the gateway to madness for baseball <laughs> season because everything that's happening before... Yeah, you can say, well, it's, you know, it's early, it's plenty of time. Everything that happens afterwards, well, that's real. This is all real now. Uh, and they still have a couple of days before things get real, but this team's been talking about being better for weeks and weeks now. When's that better team going to get here? Because they just aren't yet. Meanwhile, outside the organization, everyone's trying to be the first one who claimed that they actually were bad and always have been. <laughs> it's some people's goal to use 2023 as a reason to try and go back and ruin 2022, which is impossible. You watch those highlights of a fun and for a while, pretty satisfying postseason run. And they're always going to end the same way. So you can't ruin that. Stop trying with to you, ruin that. With you and me and everyone crying, <laughs> remembering that because it was so incredibly wonderful. It feels farther and farther away every day. But watch it, watching the clips, do this for yourselves if you're frustrated. Watch the clips. Because before last year, it felt awkward to go back and watch stuff for like 2011, 2008, 2009. It felt a little weird because it was so long ago. You have the excuse now. Whenever you need to be cheered up about the Phillies or anything else, watch those clips. And to your point, Liz, about what uh, what else are they going to say? Go read game recaps from Phillies losses from last year, from 2021, 2020, from 2013. Just go back. They're all going to Pick say the same thing. Oh, we have to play better. It just comes down to playing better. We're better than this. 2010, and then, that was said so many times because they, they had some bad stretches. They did. And then they were, or more likely they weren't, but they said it, uh, you know, better than they thought they were because that's what ballplayers say. Yeah. So, I mean, is better something you believe this team can be or have they put too many negative thoughts in your head? And does this all can we blame Trey Turner for all of this? I mean, why not? Uh, <laughs> um, I think the Phillies could do anything they want. Like I, I I'm the door isn't going to be closed until it's closed. Until it's actually physically closed. You know, they can do anything. They can be better tomorrow. They can keep sucking for the rest of the season. Uh, I'm uh, I'm trying to be open and let it all happen instead of, you know, being aggressively angry about stuff that has not happened yet. It's been hard. But I, 
Aggressive anger is the only kind of anger, Liz. Come on. Yes, that is true. <laughs> well, I think it falls. Me. I think it falls on guys like Turner because he's a superstar. He's making a lot of money. People like to use that as a defining quality in times where the team is struggling and there's like a bunch of guys making a bunch of money. Uh, I love the headline: Phillies fans boo their three hundred million dollar star. What does that mean? We boo anybody who deserves it. We'd boo a volunteer if he was chasing the pitches Trey's been chasing out there. Honestly, like <laughs> one thing, and that I think what people mean when they say Philly's a tough place to play is that we feel the freedom to tell you how we feel at any time. I I don't know if that I think that's true in other places, but they don't make it as a big deal of it. Like I think in New York City, they just expect that. And for some reason in Philadelphia, it's it's very weird that we, you know, when a player is sucking for a long, sustained amount of time, of course, of course we're going to boo him because we are frustrated with him. That's what booing is for. Why is that bad? Yeah, and I like Bryce Harper and, and now Trey Turner's approach to it, which is, you know, they get asked, they get booed. Uh, during a frustrating game, and a reporter comes up to him and says, like, mm, did you hear that? How do, you, how do you feel about that? And they're like, yeah, I've been bad lately. I am frustrated. They're frustrated. I totally get the frustration. And it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that because that's they're exactly right. Uh, Castellanos didn't handle the question as well last year, but, you know, there's still, <laughs> there's still that mindset in the Phillies clubhouse of, like, yeah, I'm being booed because this is bad. I'm not enjoying it. They're not enjoying it. Let's play better. Yes. Like that is, that's such a refreshing thing to hear. It's so human. It doesn't mean that, you know, they think that, you know, they're awful, terrible. You know, they're not, you know, like purposely stomping on themselves. They're not playing it up for the media. It's just nice to hear that they understand. Like we're not trying to be mean, but we all, you know, if you're there, you paid money to be there. You want to see a good game. You know, and exactly. their understanding that I did not give them a good game. I haven't given a number of people a good game over this season. You know, I appreciate that. It's nice that that sort of changed. Hopefully Castellanos will catch the snap. But you know what we have seen a lot this year, I'm starting to notice? Stories about how one little change got a guy back on track. Mm-hmm. How, how one little adjustment got Bryson Stott making better contact again. One little tweak got Taiwan Walker back in his groove. Uh, Alex Coffey of the Inquirer has a story about Griff McGarry, one of the Phillies' top pitching prospects, regaining his command by physically resetting on the mound and, you know, teaching himself again, oh, okay, take a second, think about the next pitch, and then getting back into his groove because that was something he used to do, and he stopped doing it, and then he went back to it after talking with coaches. Boy, I hope somebody tells him about how successful big league pitchers have been this year who have historically relied on taking their time. But still, it's good to it's good to see uh, you know people lose their way, find their way. Baseball is a million moving moving parts that are all trying to fit together. Uh, and even with all these changes and fixes and tinkering, the Phillies have not really improved as a whole. Uh, Matt Gelb had an area where the Phillies could improve in his recent column in the Athletic. He said Get they ready. have the fourth wor- <laughs> they have the fourth worst on base percentage from the one two spots in the batting order since MLB expanded in 1961. <laughs> if you believe that the leadoff hitter should be the fastest guy. That's probably Bryson Stott. If you believe it should be the guy who can get on and steal the most bases, well, JT Real Muto has the most stolen bases for the Phillies this year with seven. If you believe it should be the guy best at getting on base, well, right now that's Brandon Marsh. He leads the team with a 380 on base percentage. This is one of those one level down stats that's 
first of all, really unpleasant. And you also know is going to be there for a team like this. You know, it's mm. like a, a dentist finding the problem tooth you know, after poking around for a minute. Like, oh, yep, there it is. There's your There's the 180 batting average. <laughs> There's <laughs> you your know? worst bullpen in the history of baseball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like you. previous years. Previous discussions about leadoff have basically just been, it shouldn't be Kyle Schwarber. Uh, but where, I mean, where are we on this? I mean, this is like, I have a hard time separating this from just the litany of, of issues that are akin to this, like their ability to hit with runners in scoring position, uh, their ability to make contact when they need to, their ability to get the ball out of the infield, uh, their ability to get outs, their ability to have throw shutdown innings, you know, stuff on this level. And I feel like this is just like, sure throw it on the pile or when you read this were you particularly alarmed um i think i mean i think it's all connected like you said like it it's like a an old sweater it doesn't matter where you pull you're gonna unravel the whole thing you know <laughs> you know you're gonna it whether it's runners and scoring position whether it's you know the one two spots like the issue is they need to hit better. That's all it is. They need to hit better and more consistently. Not even consistently. That comes from just hitting better and knowing how to hit the ball better. All it is, that's the only thing. You could say, you could dress up the problems however you want. And the pitching is a whole different story. But the main issue with the Phillies right now is that they're just not hitting well enough. They're just not, they're not hitting well. And they have to fix that. And everything else from there will, will get fixed. It happened a year ago Almost exactly. Marcus Hayes also has a column uh, pointing out a particular problem with the Phillies offense. Uh, he was saying that the Phillies are losing because they don't have Reese Hoskins. And it's funny when you're not in the group that columnists like Marcus Hayes is trying to instigate because, you know, he's he's always trying to frazzle Anger somebody. someone, yes. Yeah, which like that's that's his job. Uh, and, uh, hey, the Phillies miss Reese Hoskins. And we're just like, yep. yeah. Yes, and then he do. just grumbles and drives off, I assume. But he did write this, which I think was specifically designed to get Hoskins critics squawking, of which there are many. The Phillies built their pitching staff around Aaron Nola, but they built the lineup around Hoskins. After he hit 34 homers and 90, with 96 RBI on a mismanaged 80-win team with no protection in 2018, his presence attracted Harper. Harper and Hoskins attracted Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, Nick Castellanos, and convinced JT Real Muto to re-sign. After that, the column just starts, uh, he just starts comparing Hoskins to more inflammatory names designed to get people worked up, like um, uh, Donovan McNabb and stuff. And throwing, the word, throwing the word underappreciated around, then the God. whole thing turns into a comment section. But I was wondering what you thought about the idea that this lineup was built around Reese Hoskins. I, was that was, I don't say, think I've ever heard that before. Did anybody check his math on that? <laughs> because Hoskins was part of the reason I think Harper was attracted to Philadelphia. The other reason was $330 million. <laughs> you don't think Reese Hoskins paid that? You don't think that came right out of his pocket? No, I, I unfortunately I do not. Like, I think he was part of it like he was part of a team that had some juice like just a little bit they had some good pieces and you know Harper was willing to trust that Middleton would pony up the money to build a team around Harper 
the I mean, what building did they do before Harper came? Like they did, they had played with some stuff, and but it was mostly in the minors. You know, they they'd signed Jake Arietta the year before, which was sort of meant to, which was a terrible signing. Everyone knew at the time that was meant to signal we are now ready to spend money stupidly because look at what we just did. I would say they didn't think it was stupid at the time. I think a lot of people were de- were into that because oh, yeah. like, we reached I'm, a point in the off season where we were like, Jake Arrieta's just sitting there and we need starting pitching. And they signed him and it was like, this just makes sense. And then, yeah, you know, womp womp. But still, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you here in that, you know, maybe if you showed me things from that time, which was now long enough ago, you know, five years ago that maybe my memory is fuzzy, but I would say to his point, Reese Hoskins came up, hit home runs at that historic pace, got people very excited. And then we started thinking, well, there's all these young guys here. Any one of them could really be, you know, a key player for the next team. And there's so many of them that some of them have to be speaking of womp womp. Um, but yeah, to that point, maybe the idea of that, of being like, Hey, look, where, where are the Phillies? You want to sign anywhere. You want to follow the money. Sure. We're the Phillies. We have money. We have all these young players that we're, we're still waiting to find out like what exactly form this is going to take. But we're, you know, we, we need, we want to start bringing in star power. We want to start bringing in veteran players and we, we want them to be leaders. We want them to attract fans. We want the team to get better. So I guess on that, from that angle, you could say they built the rest of the team around Hoskins. Also just the idea that he was here for, first before all these other stars got here okay yeah, that's the only but... thing i think he's basing it on <laughs> i think he's basing it on hoskins was there first he had a you know that blazing season and then harper signed like cause <laughs> correlation is not causation man just because those things happened doesn't mean they were directly you know any of them directly caused anything like that's that's just stupid but I will say, I kind of agree with him, which I hate deeply, agreeing with Marcus <laughs> Hayes about anything. It's wrong, but it's something I've actually said before. I really do think they're hurting without him, and it's beyond just having him in the lineup. I think it's a clubhouse thing. I think it's a personality thing. He added so much to that team last year, and I think having – him missing from the equation is is a big problem because they weren't anticipating it and it's not like they had you know they you know let go of him and signed someone else so there'd be sort of a replacement he's just gone so there's just an empty you know emotion sucking vortex where it used to be and I know this all sounds very dramatic but when you think of the you know 2022 Phillies not all of them came back, but a lot of them came back. A lot of them Most were of them. still there. And yep. they formed these relationships in these bonds, and they got comfortable with each other. And there's a link missing from the chain. Now, I don't think any of that is solely responsible for the Phillies sucking, but I think it's an element that's maybe been overlooked for as much as people talked about clubhouse chemistry with the Phillies last year I think they're missing that this year because everything does seem a little bit more muted a little quieter I think 
the chemistry is is there. It's just not they they haven't hit their stride yet. They haven't had their thing. They need like a they need like the um like firing the bamboo plant. <laughs> they need a firing of Joe Girardi. They need a curveball machine. They need their little thing that's gonna like kick them off. Because yeah, I think the chemistry is there. It's just not they're not using it yet. Like most of these guys are just friends of Bryce Harper at this yeah. point. Like they should be able to get along. And it's also interesting that in every column about Reese Hoskins. Now you get that story about Bryce Harper calling him the captain, which does in two ways really show you the importance of this guy. Exactly. A that someone that someone is bothering to say that and B that it was Bryce Harper who said it, exactly. even though I would say this lineup is built around Bryce Harper at this point, And you, you really can't argue that. No, um, but Har- but, um, Hoskins was the emotional leader of the clubhouse. Like, people... didn't they say he was going to be around the team while he was hurt? I thought they said he was like going to spend this more time than normally guys would spend around a team I, if they were hurt. I think that's the goal of everyone when they start. Yeah, but I think recovering from, uh, you know, an Achilles tear, like a significant knee injury, that takes a long time, and it's a, it's a difficult road and so i don't blame him for staying away because he's it probably makes him sad he's probably going through it mentally yeah you know i mean he must be because he's watching this happen and not only does he he have he has to sit on the sidelines he cannot help and so he's just it it must be it must be significantly difficult for him so i think um in the second half after the all-star break i think maybe he'll start to be around more once he's sort of like a, a significant amount of time after the surgery, I think maybe he'll start being around them a little bit more. But I I can't blame him for not wanting to be around him now. Well, I maintain that Reese Hoskins hit the most satisfying home run in Philly's history uh, when he yeah. homered off Spencer Strider in the NLDS last year. Uh. And Matt Gelb of The Athletic wrote about that NLDS victory recently and how uh, he framed it as, as though that was, um, that was supposed to be a point in which the Phillies like overtook the Braves in the NL East or, or kind of changed the picture in the NL East. I don't know if I ever saw it that way. It was more and more. I viewed that 2022 team as, as more, you know, as time goes on. And I mentioned this earlier, it becomes easier and easier to view that as more of a 19, 19, 1993 squad, a team with mm-hmm. this abrupt burst of intense success and a lot of chemistry, everything working. They got a lot of breaks. All the important players were hitting their ceilings and the right guys were inserted into the lineup at the right time. And yep. as well, yeah, of course, a managerial and cultural shift right when they needed it as well. They won 10 fewer games than that 93 team. But until they look any better and can link that success with more success until they can consistently look like the team that they were, that season just starts to feel more and more anomalous. And the Braves, meanwhile, are this model of excellence Uh. in the NL East, getting what they need from everybody, locking up good players with favorable deals. They've got MVP candidates. They've got stars. They've got studs. They've got role players. The one place they're hurting, as I mentioned, is their pitching. And, you know, again, you'd think facing a guy making a start out of desperation yesterday, a minor league thrower with a six plus ERA would get dinged by the Phillies who are constructed to eat guys like that for lunch before Harper's game tying home run. Like I said, I really just I was like, he's got to he must. And then he did hit a home run. But, you know, at the same time, they scored five runs and wound up not being enough and they couldn't score anymore. But I guess my point is the Braves just get back up and run straight at that wall every year, whether they got through it last year or not, the Phillies are still putting themselves back together. It feels like I felt like last year, 
the Phillies entered into a whirring three-team blender in their division with the Braves and Mets, showing that they could play a little. T- they could play a little too, and it would at least co- they would at least be there to complicate things for the other teams moving forward. So, I mean, how, did, did you view the NLDS victory over the Braves last year? Was that like a statement about the NL East? No, because I think there's <laughs> there's a point to be made there, but also I don't think it necessarily. It didn't mean that in the future yeah. the Phillies will dominate. Go back to that time and see how many people wrote about that being a a you know a, a division changing you know win, division changing moment. Like I don't know anyone who looked at it that way. Like I think everyone was very conscious of the fact that the Phillies were on a tear. They were doing really well and everything was working, and you know. That's why they were doing so well. Momentum is a real thing, no matter how much people want it not to be. Momentum is a real thing, and they they had it. The uh, the sec- segment I wanted to read was, for, he, uh, he wrote, For years, the Phillies had talked about becoming the standard in the NL East. The Braves are always the standard because they are the Braves. It was time for change. But after the Phillies beat them three games to one in the postseason, they returned to Truist Park this week without it feeling any different. The Phillies are still talking. The Braves are still winning. And that goes back to the earlier point of Trey Turner and you know all the conversations about we got to be better, we just got to get better, and Trey Turner being like, you know, I'm sick of all the talking for 40 games. We've just been talking. It's time to play better. And I mean, you know, once the once the players are saying that, there's really nothing anybody can do nope. except they're gonna play baseball and we're gonna we're gonna watch. <laughs> that's like, kind of that's kind of it. Hope they figure it out. They don't like playing this way any more than we like watching it, and that's uh, at least comforting. To know that they're just as miserable as we are, only they're actually getting paid. We're yeah. just doing this voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, We're just watching what... and being fans because we, as we've said numerous times, have serious brain disease. Well, as we end this episode of Hitting Season before the holiday weekend gets underway, one last thing I wanted to talk about. Obviously, with the way the Phillies have been playing, they're four games under 500. They're losing in um, you know, streaks. There's obviously been some reactions to this and, you know, you and I have had reactions to this. And I think there's a there's a world where your reactions live in, where you're like, boy, I wish they could figure it out. Boy, I don't know about this team in the long term. You know, all of it's, it's very reasonable. And even the unreasonable stuff, you get it. It's frustration. Stuff comes out. But then I just started I started seeing I started seeing takes from people about this team that felt like they were pioneers on the front lines of take them way far out there in the outer reaches of space. And uh, I, I asked you to look for a couple. I have two that I thought were really entertaining. Uh, I'm not going to like read handles or anything. I'm just going to give you the gist of these ideas because, yeah, I, 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 man, it, it's it's uh, it's entertaining to see where people's minds go. Um, but, why, but why don't you go first? Why don't you read us the first outer space take on the Phillies that, that you saw uh, as a result of all this losing they've been doing? All right. Uh, this is a... Uh... Here's the the tweet. Pitching sucks. Who are these bums? Send Soto back to Detroit. Rather have Brad Hand at this point. (laughs) As you can tell, the Brad Hand part is why I had to read this. (laughs) I'll tell you what. This Tigers series that's coming up feels like, oh, okay, this is a good chance to win a couple games. Tigers aren't very good. Yes, they're in second place, but the AL Central is the worst division in baseball. Uh, So, yeah, they're they're definitely a beatable team, but you forget they're bringing Matt Veerling and Nick Maton with them. And boy, if Greg Soto gets blown up in that series, you are going to hear about that trade 
for a, a, you know, at least a More week. More players Matt Ve- at least let go of. We're, Matt Vierlich's killing it. I know! <laughs> you don't want to hear this. I Matt don't want to. killing You have it. no idea how much I don't want to be that person. But I, when they started getting rid of these guys, I'm like, wasn't this team really good? What are we doing here? Well, you need, uh, you know, you need a you need reliever Dave Dombrowski's heard of, and Gregory Soto is that uh, is that reliever, and the other two guys made themselves very valuable. You can't see and me hey, right look, now. I'm hey. just waving my arms around like an inflatable noodle man. I just, I know for a fact that we were okay with that trade when it happened. Yeah. So, but it's I know, I know for a fact. Again, I'm not saying that I was against <laughs> any of these moves, but I did think to myself. Man, that's a lot of play uh, guys from this team to lose that played very specific roles that were very good at it. Yes, that's true. And, and I, uh, as, you, like, as you I mentioned, I hope that they'll be able to replace them, and I'm confident that Wizard Dave Dombrowski will be able to. Why not? We went to the World Series this year. Exactly. Anything's possible. Exactly. The future is bright. Uh, I liked. I liked this one. Uh, the Phillies are now eight and twelve with Harper, fifteen and fifteen without him. Do you want to guess? Where this is headed? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> the Phillies are a better team without Bryce Harper. <laughs> this tough guy is simply not a winner. Oh my uh, he, god! Uh, this, I, again, I don't know who this person is. They did. They they tagged Bryce Harper in the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> man, he's gonna be angry when he sees that. Never. Uh, oh man! Yeah, the Phillies. It's about time. It's time to cut. Cut bait with Bryce Harper, yep. defending National League MVP Bryce Harper. You gotta, yeah, it's 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 time. He's just been, you know, the way he willed himself back from Tommy John surgery and is instantly the team's best hitter as upon his return. What a bum! Yeah, yeah you got it's. I've had enough, yep. frankly. Haven't we all? <laughs> well, I've got one from. I am going to read the handle because it's. Guess what type of take is coming from the Rational Dad? Oh, no. At Dad Rational. Like, uh, <laughs> at Phillies, Thompson's the wrong guy for this team. No sense of urgency. And the pitching coach and hitting coach should be gone. <laughs> Look, I mean, you know, firing coaches usually means things are going wrong. And even good teams have fired coaches midseason. But... I don't know, man. I think the Phillies really like the two guys they have in the roles of those two, in those two roles. I don't know if any of them are either of them are going anywhere nope. anytime soon. Mm-mm. And Rob Thompson's not going anywhere nope. uh, any in the immediate future, nor really should he. Because, no. you know, he said exactly what we're saying, where he was like, they're like, oh, well, your team's struggling to hit. When's that when's that going to start? And he just kind of laughs and was like, I yeah, know. I don't know soon at some point they're hitters they're professional hitters like what i can't i can't go like force them to do four hours of batting practice and then Nor whisper would that some magic words in their ears yeah like i'm not gonna give, i'm not gonna be able to give them like folksy wisdom and that'll and suddenly something will click like it's just it's gonna happen when it happens yep. and hopefully it happens really soon <laughs> and again i appreciate that from him and from that attitude from everybody it's the phillies have become a much more human team and a much more relatable team since Girardi left. And that that goes a long way towards making me at least not as angry. Because, you know, when you hear the platitudes, it's difficult to uh, accept. But when you hear someone say, I deserve to get booed. My mom was booing me. As Trey Turner recently said. You know, that was great. You know that they feel it too. They, they hate this. They really hate this. So... 
I have one that uh, that that's more of a projection, actually, <laughs> um, or a prediction. Um, someone's someone said the that the twenty two twenty two playoffs will be the only postseason highlights this team will probably have for the next twenty years. Oh God, Liz. 2042 Phillies haven't been back to the playoffs. Do you think this is uh, this is going to happen? I just felt my breath leave my body. <laughs> I can't even imagine such a thing. Please no. Why don't you go ahead and just to think about the concept of the year 2042. <laughs> just just put I mean, that in front of your brain. The concept of the year 2042 is the world is an unidentifiable, uninhabitable uh, ball of fire. That's what I got. And, and the Phillies are still the missing Phillies the playoffs. Are still missing the playoffs. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's just a hell of a conclusion to draw from uh, two months of average <laughs> baseball. <laughs> uh, you got any more for us? Um, not really. There was one that I saw that was um, <clears throat> it was all over the place. It was initially I disagreed with the decision to to sit Trey Turner. But after he said that it helped him, I agreed with it. Uh, but the way he's just been standing in the outfield looking lost, I think something is up. And every single word, every character in the entire tweet was lowercase except the U in up. Um, do you say Trey Turner is standing in the outfield? Because that's or not, where, yeah. That's not happening. No, <laughs> I think maybe it was an outfield. It was standing there, standing around, looking lost. Oh, okay. And okay. I... I I just could not get over the fact that every, it was just something is capital U up. And I'm just like, what, what do you mean? I wonder what, what that what means. What could be up other wonder than. wonder what's, what's. Nothing. What's up in that, in that fashion. Yeah. Like, what? It, was, it caught my huh. eye because I'm just like, why is you capitalized? What do you mean? I have, I mean, usually you can get an inference, but there's absolutely no idea. Yeah, uh, there's. Uh, if we're going to get into the format of people's tweets, then that's a whole other podcast right. episode. So this is probably a good time. To, yeah, I was not to suggesting we do it in depth. Oh no, no. <laughs> but if we were, yeah, there's. Um, you have a lot to say. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. So, so that'll do it for this episode of Hitting Season. Everybody, go out, enjoy the sunshine, and uh, have a wonderful holiday weekend here as the summer gets underway. Here's hoping the Phillies manage to pull some offense together and some decent pitching to lean on down in Atlanta. Uh, and don't forget to get more. If, if you want more of Phillies content, which right now, who doesn't head on over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash hit season, where for $5 a month, you can get access to all kinds of extra Phillies content, including the dirty inning, absolutely hammered and baseball movie reviews from me and Liz from WHYY and Billy Penn. This has been hit season. <laughs> <laughs>